Welcome everybody to the next episode of the Cannabis View. I'm delighted to be joined in this episode by Cyrus Engineer. How are you keeping today, Cyrus? Doing well, thank you. Good day to you and to all those who are following the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. It's very much appreciated. I think you're a man who's got a wealth of knowledge and information for everybody today. So do you want to maybe give everybody a quick little overview of how you came to be nominated for the European Parliament for Malta? Sure. Um, so I'm a member of the Labour Party in Malta. Um, we had our elections in 2019 as the rest of the European Union. So all member states elected their members of the European Parliament. Uh, and I was one of those elected on behalf of the Labour Party throughout this uh, mandate. So the mandate is now coming to a close next year. So it's our last year as members. Um, I'm part of the Socialists and Democrats here in the European Parliament and my main committee is the Environment and Public Health Committee, but then I'm also a substitute in the Committee on Civil Liberties, Justice and Home Affairs, as well as the Committee on Constitutional Affairs of the European Union. So many topics that from one aspect or another could relate um, to cannabis, both as uh, cannabis for medical use and also um, on cannabis for personal use. Very good. So I'm hoping you're going to be the perfect man to answer some of the questions that I'm about okay. to try right now. So basically, which country in the European Union is the most advanced when it comes to cannabis policy? Well, uh, it's very difficult to say because different member states have different approaches. Um, we could discuss and speak which would be the best approach. Um, that said, I think that different approaches could work in different ways in different member states. Um, I think that uh, what we did in Malta is something which is quite revolutionary to a certain extent in the sense that we are um, one of the few member states in the European Union um, that have um, not only decriminalized cannabis but have also legalized it in a certain way. In the sense, it is not possible for anyone to go to a shop uh, and buy cannabis which is not medical or which is not in certain products. Um, obviously, I'm saying this in order to simplify things as well. But you can grow your own cannabis. And we have a system where we have removed profit from cannabis. So the individual would grow their own um, plant, would grow their own uh, cannabis. And uh, at the same time, if you do not have the ability to grow your own, then you can pull together in an association with other people and you would have what maybe we are used to uh, usually in other language called social clubs. We have called these associations where a number of people can join together in order to pool their five plants per person uh, and therefore be able to grow the plant in an environment which is uh, more suitable for the plant to grow or else uh, if someone would not have space within their own uh, homes uh, or apartments they would be able to do so in in a in a pooling uh, of resources let's say in order to grow your own plant and um, we are seeing that different member states are now uh, moving forward on decriminalization and legalization of cannabis we're seeing what's happening in germany at the moment what was happening in luxembourg but which was paused for some time um, different, the different approaches that in Germany and Luxembourg, the thinking is more of legalizing cannabis in a way that people would be able to buy and sell um, certain strands or uh, a certain type, let's say, of cannabis uh, within 
their own member state. This brings on a number of problems which uh, we might uh, be able to speak on later on, problems or challenges that come up because of European Union legislation with regards to the Schengen Acquis, so uh, the way that um, uh, we move freely, let's say, and can move goods and products and services freely between uh, EU member states, but when it comes to cannabis, uh, that would be a bit of a problem. So there are some challenges cropping up uh, in the way that other countries are thinking of and uh, moving forward their legislation. I myself, as a socialist, would also find a problem in the fact that big pharmaceutical companies would end up taking control of the market uh, of such uh, of, of cannabis, basically. Yeah, it seems to be very interesting the way things are panning out. We had a lot of word from Luxembourg about a year, a year and a half ago. They made a lot of waves. It seems to be the Czech Republic are now the darling of Europe and may say or surpass Germany and have a legal adult market before then. Do you think this is yeah. a possibility with the Czech Republic to surpass Germany and be the first? Um, I'm not surprised because um, I, the, the, well, it is surprising and not at the same time because the current governing coalition uh, in uh, the Czech Republic um, has the Czech pirates in it. Uh, they're a green party, um, they're quite revolutionary, and uh, they work a lot on such issues, so that does not surprise me. The interesting thing is that they're in a coalition with, uh, uh, I wouldn't say, a government coming from the right, because it's not even center-right. Um, so that is a bit surprising. However, I guess when they were discussing the priorities of the government, um, the pirates probably uh, pushed a lot one, this as one of their main priorities for the new government. Um, the fact that it has surpassed Germany, um, not surprising either. I mean, today Germany has a very progressive alliance um, governing the country. Um, however, Germany being the biggest member state, um, also, it, I'm not saying that other countries do not do this, but what I'm seeing is the approach in Germany is one that is leading um, the German government to first of all make sure that they are in line with the United Nations Convention on Psychotropic Substances, the 1971 convention, that what they're doing therefore then would be in line with the framework decision of the European Union law, which is linked to the Schengen um, Agreement of 1990. So basically what's happening is this, Germany is testing the waters, it's testing the legal waters, before going on to um, the step of actually legalizing cannabis. Um, something which might not have been done by others. Is it, do you need to do that? If you want, if you want to consider legalizing within your member state and having trade only within your member state, that might not be necessary. But if you want, and this is obviously something that would happen, that there would be trade within the European Union. So let's say, Cannabis is legal in Luxembourg and it's legal in Germany and the German and Luxembourg share a border. So what happens there? Can you move with your um, cannabis product for your personal use from Germany to Luxembourg? According to union law, you can't. According to the United Nations, you can't. <clears throat> so that is what Germany is looking at at the moment. Okay, so facilitating the commerce and the, 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 the logistics of the product or the capital in the industry is what Germany seemed to be focused on. Because as you said, if they can do everything within-house, 
the only reason to go for these extra rules would be far thinking ahead to be able to say, look, we want to be able to ship from Spain to France to Germany and uh, them doing that. Yeah, one, of the, one, of the issue, one of the issues that Germany is seeing is that it might not have the most favorable weather to grow cannabis. And therefore, they believe that they there should be a European Union system in which there could be free trade between the member states, as we have on all other products. And therefore, they are thinking in advance on how would this work. And with the current legal framework, from what we're gathering, it would not work. So that is what they're looking at and what we need to change in order for this to be able to happen. One of the things that may be able to facilitate that happening is something I wanted to ask you about. Is the European-wide testing program or standard for CBD and cannabis that's in place, or is that something that needs to be uh, produced and, and built from the ground up? Because surely that's mm -hmm. kind of the main components of facilitating commerce between the different countries is that we've got a standardized testing for every product that uh, we can be ensured that not, nothing too strong or too weak has been shipped within countries. Um, that process is something that then would be discussed within the Environment Committee um, because it includes also public health. And probably, but I, I, I think I'm not the most qualified person to speak on this aspect of the legislation, is saying what happens within the European Medicines Agency, I guess, but I am not sure about that, so I'd rather not uh, comment on something which I'm not too technical on. So I'd rather focus on the law. No problem whatsoever. Do you <laughs> a scenario in Europe where biotechnology companies that can produce purified biosynthesized cannabinoids end up taking the larger market share and we're then left with a, a, a flower, an ornamental flower industry and a, a social where the industry almost splits perfectly in half that this is the recreational model now and this is going to be everything else. Yeah, yeah, that is something which I'm concerned uh, about. And I think we really need to look at wh where, where do we start this conversation? Where does this conversation start from? And I think that the point of departure is the fact that um, people should have their human rights respected. We should have a system where uh, we have harm and risk reduction as much as possible in various fields when it comes to um, substance use or drug use, etc. So this is where we start. And I think that one of the main issues that we need to look at is to have uh, cannabis users uh, being treated, first of all, with dignity, that um, they're doing no harm to anyone else, if at all uh, it is something which a person is doing uh, within the confines of their own uh, being and not um, affecting anyone else. Uh, everyone has the right to bodily autonomy, etc. So this is where I go from. And I think that people using cannabis in this sense and other drugs in reality uh, should not be imprisoned, should not be arrested because they are um, smoking a joint or whatever, um, using certain substances. Um, and I think that is that should be our point of departure. That is what, where I look at this whole issue. And it is in the sense that I really pushed um, even back home in order to see a system which is not there to profit big pharmaceutical companies, but a system that would give each individual their right to bodily autonomy, to 
um, agency the right to actually um, do something which does not affect anyone else uh, and which they therefore should be allowed to do. Um, and in order to have that, my take on this, and when the Maltese government came up with the consultation process um, before actually proposing the law, um, we, as an office here, we submitted a very strong case for the way we wanted this proposal to be. And I was very happy to see that when the actual proposal was published by government, it was very similar to what we were proposing originally. Um, do other systems work? Probably other systems could work, would work, but who would benefit from them? And that is where um, I might digress from others. And I believe that uh, this should be done for the benefit of the individual and not for the benefit of some huge pharmaceutical companies that have already monopolized a number of um, drugs, uh, medicines, therapies, etc. Um, all around the world. Um, so for me, that is the, the point of departure and why we should discuss this. Obviously, given the fact that a number of member states are opting for a different kind of legislation, like uh, the Czech Republic, Germany, like what Luxembourg was going to do, um, that obviously brings about other discussions. So a discussion on freedom of movement, a discussion of trade between member states when it comes to um, cannabis being another product like all other products. Um, so over there, yes, we do need to have a, a very strong discussion. And it is, it is for that reason that last year in July, a group of us, so it started between myself and a member of the European Parliament from Czechia, Mikulas Peska, who's from the Pirate Party in the Czech Republic. Uh, we joined forces together to discuss the European um, side point of view um, of the legalization of cannabis in a number of member states. Uh, we started this interest group in the European Parliament where we sent out an email to all members and asked all those who were interested to join us in this intergroup. They have joined. Uh, we have now um, a very strong intergroup from different member states and from different uh, political groupings here in the European Parliament. So we cover, I believe, um, five out of the seven um, political groupings in the European Parliament. And we have uh, regular meetings where we discuss um, the future of European Union legislation and what should happen at a European level, given the fact that a number of member states have now legalized cannabis. And obviously, this could be seen as going uh, or conflicting, let's say, um, with the United Nations Convention on Psychotropic Substances and also um, with the Union Law Framework Decision, uh, which is linked to Schengen and therefore linked to the United Nations automatically. And we believe that there should be uh, some change in this regard. Uh, I know that it is very difficult to bring about this change because uh, over here we're not speaking of one small amendment to a law, but we would actually need to go into um, the union structures, basically, the union principles. Schengen is one of those very important principles. I think it was one of the most uh, popular, let's say, uh, principles because it has brought in with it the freedom of movement uh, of people, uh, services, capital, and goods. 
However, um, in it, there is this one line, which does not come directly from it, but it comes from the United Nations Convention uh, of 1971, which states that um, you cannot um, cross borders with uh, a number of substances, and they list a number of substances, and one of those substances listed is cannabis. So there are two options. We either remove this at United Nations level, so you remove cannabis from being one of those substances mentioned uh, in the United Nations Convention, uh, or else um, in our agreement, in the framework decision of the European Union, we would make reference to the United Nations Convention, but excluding cannabis from one of those uh, substances that you cannot um, uh, move across borders with. So that is the current discussion that we are having. Very interesting indeed. I believe our own Luke Flanagan from Ireland is part of uh, the group of politicians that you have going. Before yeah. I let you go, um, just a couple of questions. A rating from 1 to 10, 10 being most likely, 1 being least likely. Which of these countries is going to legalise in the next three, let's say, let's say three to five years? Out of 10, Spain. Uh, it depends on the elections uh, in September. I think that if we keep on having a progressive government, then we can move towards that. If the shift goes towards the right and conservatives, definitely not. Okay, Germany. Yes, 10. 10, 9. Um, France. Mm. Six. <laughs> Luxembourg. Ten. Czech Republic. Ten. Uh, Portugal. Interesting as well. There were the elections recently. Once again, the progressives, the socialists have won. Um, I think there's a good chance of them moving towards this. And um, so I would say uh, it depends on from which side you look at it, how empty or how full. But I would say something between five to seven. And what about Little Old Ireland? Well, that I think Ireland is an interesting case because I often um, make comparisons between my country, Malta, and Ireland because we have a we share a similar past. We have very similar roots when it comes to a conservative Catholic upbringing. Um, uh, I see the same, for instance. Um, discussions that Ireland had on abortion that we're currently now having at home. Um, Ireland had a number of interesting discussions when it came to, uh, I don't know, LGBTIQ rights, which we have done back home and we have done that very strongly now and we're, we're the first in all of Europe when it comes to LGBTIQ rights. Um, so we have a similar uh, thinking. Uh, I would be more cautious about Ireland. I think um, both the major political parties are quite cautious on this. Um, of course, there's the, I don't know what the name of the party is, which uh, where Luke Mink Flanagan, um, Mick Wallace and uh, others uh, form part of this political party. I don't know which one it is, uh, the name of it, but I think they would be very much in favor. I'm not sure about the mainstream parties, let's say, in, in Ireland. Yeah, Ireland's going to be an interesting one to see whether we end up being the gateway country into Europe for North American companies and de facto through the capital and the jobs being created that it makes sense to decriminalise and then legalise the industry. But it's going to be an exciting couple of years ahead for Europe where there's no stepping stone that's guaranteed to be solid. But all we can do is learn and sharpen our swords and be ready for battle when the time comes. Yeah.
Obviously, okay. then it, there's also a difference over there with regards to which kind of legislation. So if you adopt the Maltese model, then what you just said would not work. Um, but if you adopt the Czech model, that would be perfect. Yeah, it's going to be interesting anyway. Cyrus, I, I know you're a very busy man, so thank you very much for taking the time to do thank this. You. Very much appreciated, and uh, all the best on all the political projects you've got for the rest of the year. Thank you, it was a pleasure. Until next episode, everybody. Oh.